Hello and welcome to Remotely Working, the podcast where we discuss productivity, intentional living, health, and leadership for remote workers with the goal of helping you integrate your life and work well. My name is Justin DeRose, your host and the founder of Effective Remote Work. I wanted to take a brief time out this week to discuss an article I saw in the Wall Street Journal titled, Companies Start to Think Remote Work Isn't So Great After All. This article outlines how executives were really excited about remote work because they saw productivity boosts and people basically just dive in and be awesome when starting to work from home. But over the course of time now, and since you know we're six-ish months into the pandemic at the time of this recording, a little bit longer than that actually, things have started to settle. They're starting to see that projects take longer, training is more difficult, as well as hiring and integrating new employees, that workers are appearing to be less socially connected with one another, and people newer to their roles or younger aren't developing as well or as quickly as they would as being in the office. These are some major knocks against remote work if you're looking at it from this perspective. And yes, there are some real challenges and hurdles with remote work, which we'll get into in a little bit. But first and foremost, I wanted to address some issues that I saw in this article. I'll have a link in the show notes to the article and a great summary of it if you don't have a Wall Street Journal subscription. But basically, there are two main categories of issues that I'm seeing with this article. First and foremost is that pandemic remote work is not the same as normal remote work. Pandemic remote work was driven by a pandemic. It was a change that occurred because it had to happen, not because it was wanted to happen by executives. Additionally, pandemic remote work is still work that's taking place within a pandemic. We have an extra set of stressors and concerns and worries and responsibilities that are being laid upon people who are working from home because their kids can't go to school. They might have childcare. They might have financial responsibilities or stressors that are occurring because of a partner or spouse who has lost a job. There are a number of extra factors affecting productivity in remote work due to the pandemic. So you cannot just look at remote work as being isolated from the pandemic and said, well, we tried that and it didn't work. I posted an article on my personal blog at the beginning of the pandemic, basically outlining this exact thing, that companies were going to try remote work, but ultimately give up on it because it quote unquote didn't work. And that leads me to my second problem with this article is that when you're talking big companies that are not traditionally remote or distributed, you can't just distribute your teams and expect it to work. Using the same techniques, leadership styles, management, technology, and so on and so forth, it just doesn't quite translate well to a remote environment. You can't collaborate in exactly the same way. You can't manage people in the exact same way. You also don't necessarily get to hold people accountable in the exact same way either. What I think this article is missing is that remote work is a lot less about the technological capabilities of a company to work remotely. And it's so much more about the cultural capabilities of a company to empower its workers and leaders to work well in an either asynchronous or not quite as synchronous culture as they were used to before. Big companies, let's be honest, they don't just change overnight as far as culture. 
Culture is rooted in leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership, as John Maxwell talks about. And if you're going to change the culture in a company, you have to invest heavily in training and thinking differently for your leaders. Those leaders are going to be the people who shape and enforce and create the culture of your organization. So keep in mind that remote work is not the same in the pandemic as it would be in a normal company wanting to transition to a distributed model. It's just completely different. There's a whole different thought process that's involved with it. And so you cannot write off remote work just because some executives tried it in the middle of the pandemic and said, well, this isn't working out so well for us. Additionally, you can't just take your existing structure of a company and plop it right into a remote work setting and then expect it to work. Remote work requires a different culture. So I wanted to spend a couple of minutes discussing some key tenets of culture that I think are important for companies looking to be remote or stay remote or start as a remote work company. The most important tenet, I think, is intentionality. This comes from my time of being a remote manager in a fairly synchronous but yet somewhat distributed company. We weren't fully remote, but we had a lot of satellite offices where there were just a few people there. And so effectively, those people were working remotely because most of the management was focused in a central office. I found that for me to be successful as a manager, to be able to effectively lead my employees, I had to be about twice as intentional as I was prior. I had to be intentional with my communication. I had to have regular calls with my team. I had to have check-ins just to make sure that people were okay. I wanted to make sure that I was building a relationship with them and not just trying to legislate and delegate and do a bunch of stuff with them. I wanted them to know intentionally that not only did I care about their work, but I cared about them as people. And that took intentional time. Additionally, I had to invest even more so in building my own productivity system because I had that much more on my plate that I had to worry about. Long story short, though, is that I ended up nailing down the workflows for that so that I could get my main job responsibilities done in about 20 hours a week. So I had the other 20 hours of the week to make sure that I was investing in my team. Working remotely requires an extra level of intentionality, but it also requires an extra level of intentional and effective communication. You can't just take for granted now that word is going to spread about a change or that someone is going to understand something from an email that you send or from a Slack message that you send. Communication has to be intentional. And let's be honest, these are core foundations of what make a company work in general but they are extra important in remote work because you don't have this quote-unquote magical synergy that happens in an office environment when people are just in the same space. You have to more intentionally make it happen, and that happens through extra communication. So what does that look like? It means regular status updates with your team. It means intentionally reaching out to team members to make sure that they're doing okay or to ask for status updates or try to figure out what things are. It also means that you're setting clear expectations up front instead of just saying, well, yeah, just go do what you do and then kind of going and doing what you do too and not really collaborating or connecting on any of the work that you're doing. As a leader, setting expectations is huge, and it doesn't have to be a burdensome expectation. It can just be, hey, can you get me this deliverable by the end of the week? Sure, that's really easy to follow, and then you also have something that you can give feedback on at that point. 
And when you're assigning work to your workers, you have to exercise an extra level of trust that they're going to get it done. You can't just walk over to them or walk behind them and see what they're doing and make sure that they're working, you know, kind of secretively exercising your authority by being there in present as a remote work leader. You can't do that. Sure, you could invest thousands of dollars in a surveillance software for your employees to make sure they're at their desk and working when you expect them to be. But let's be honest, that's going to break down very, very soon. One thing that helps workers stay with an organization is that they feel trusted. They feel empowered to do their jobs. That's why I love the company that I work for right now, Discourse. There is so much trust. And trust not just here, do whatever you want to, but trust in the fact that you're going to do the right thing for the company. And granted, that all starts with hiring. You have to make great hires in order to extend that kind of trust and not have it broken repeatedly. If you're consistently hiring people who break trust, then you're going to have an issue with this. But that's where the hiring process is for. Also, that's why most remote companies tend to do some kind of an audition project or something of the sort that's paid on the person's own time, potentially you know, while they're still working another job, so that they can show that they're trustworthy and can accomplish work and communicate well in that process. So now to address some of the issues in the remote work article. We've discussed some of the culture tenets that I think are important because let's be honest, they are. You can't build off of a shaky foundation. If your culture in an organization is not adequate, you're not going to be able to build an effective organization on top of that. So let's look. Projects take longer. Okay, let's apply the lens of pandemic remote work here. Yeah, that makes sense because people are probably not quite being as productive in this time period. They're trying to figure out how to collaborate. And if your collaboration tools aren't adequate for remote work, if you're just relying on Microsoft Teams or Slack to communicate back and forth or synchronous meetings, you're going to have a million more meetings. You're going to have 100,000 more chat conversations. You're going to spend more time in email. Managing all of those communication channels is going to take a significant amount of your employees' time. When you have to manage communication, you have less time to manage projects. That's why a lot of remote companies use some form of asynchronous communication to where they don't have a bunch of meetings. They all take place in a chat where everybody can read long form paragraphs. Tools that enable this are software like Basecamp, uh, Notion even, Twist by Doist, and Discourse. You can have asynchronous conversations in these tools that are very in-depth about specific projects that you're working on. Now granted too, if you're working in an asynchronous form, Projects do take a little bit longer because people are working at their own pace and some people like to spend some time and focus and really dig in on what they're doing. But ultimately, it just comes down to you have to figure out a different way to work and collaborate on projects when you're working remotely. And if you haven't nailed that down as a company process, of course, projects are going to take longer. Training and hiring is more difficult. Okay, yeah, this makes a lot of sense especially when your training program is likely focused on in-person mentorship and the like. A major change, as I mentioned, that a lot of remote companies are doing is trial projects so they can have an understanding of where a person is at. A lot of smaller remote companies have the benefit of not needing to hire green people that are untrained, that need hands-on mentorship. So that 
very well may be a major hole in remote work. However, at Discourse, what we do is we basically have a person come on board for a week and they do a ton of reading for a week. They read all the backlog of of topics and discussions that's happened recently, the most important discussions as well. And it's really quite effective to get not only an understanding of expectations in the company, but also of culture. Your documentation, therefore, is way more important as a remote company as it is than your your training material or your training department actually conducting trainings and orientations. Reading and comprehension skills for a remote worker are also very important as well. Workers appearing less connected. Okay, this one is just a reality of remote work. You don't have those passing by social interactions that you do as you would in an office with other people. That's just the reality. And I don't think even seasoned remote companies have this fully sorted out yet. So this is a genuine shortcoming of remote work, but there are ways around it, such as being more intentional to socialize with your friends and people that you know in your community that aren't necessarily your coworkers at work, and just being less transactional in the office and more relational. What do I mean by that? Well, instead of talking to your coworker and saying, hey, I need this thing. Can you help me with this work thing? Instead of just doing that and going to people to get stuff done or get something that you need from them, make sure that you are having side conversations with others as well that are more personal in nature. And lastly, chatting about how more green professionals are de- aren't developing at the same rate as they would in the office. I personally don't have any experience seeing this, so I can't comment very well on it, but I can imagine that there would be some challenges. If you're sitting in your office at home, and you're brand new, you don't necessarily know what to do, you don't necessarily know who to ask, where to go for help, that's going to be a challenging position for you. Or if you're just spending your entire day working on something and you're doing it wrong and you don't ask for help because you don't know how to ask for help or you don't know that you need to ask for help, that's a problem. But again, this can be remedied through intentionality. Intentional mentorship pairings between more experienced employees and more green employees can definitely help this out. That experienced employee can intentionally check in with the newer employee, see how they're doing on a project, see how they're doing on a task. But ultimately, we have to give room for this as well. Mentorship isn't something that just magically happens. You have to be intentional about it. And leaders have to start by setting the culture for that. Okay, so we discussed a lot in this episode But I did want to point out the fact that remote work may not be for every company. If you're a massive company and that means that you have to completely reinvent your processes and spend a lot of time and money rethinking how your company can be effective at remote work in the long term, maybe this isn't for you. But if your company is willing to invest the time and the energy and the money into building an effective remote work culture, I actually think that there are some very strong benefits to continuing down this path. Long-term, you get better worker productivity. You build more self-leadership and self-intentionality, self-management skills as a worker, not just as a leader. And you learn to work in a place where you're extended more trust than you usually are in an organization. That leads to a healthier balance in life. It leads to a healthier outlook on work. And frankly, it can lead to people actually liking their jobs. 
Well, that closes out today's episode of Remotely Working. Check out remotelyworking.net to subscribe. Give us feedback by emailing us at hello at effectiveremotework.com. For more free resources designed for remote workers, head on over to effectiveremotework.com. My name is Justin DeRose, and this has been Remotely Working.